guys, I understand it. Rectangle of mediocrity. Wow, Craig, that was some outstanding stuff. How does it tie in? You sound like a real nerd. I'm grooving. Now I'm going off on a rant. Our guests are the meat to our stale bread. another edition of the Channel Partners Podcast, Coffee with Craig and Kevin. I am the Craig in that equation, executive editor of Channel Partners and Channel Futures, Craig Galbraith. Joining me, as always, the Tiger Woods, Jack Nicholas of the Channel, our director of business development, Mr. Kevin Morris. Kevin, how are you? <laughs> Craig, I'm doing well. Obviously, you've never seen me play golf. Uh, I am more the Charles Barkley, if you will, uh, of the channel when it comes to golfing. If you've seen his swing and and the ball goes all over the place, he's kind of he just has a good time out there, which is what I'm definitely good at. It's definitely funny you bring that up because I have golfed a few times now that they opened. The oh, 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 wait, wait. I can clearly see this is setting up one of our popular segments, but I don't want to let you dive too far into it until I say that we'll be diving a little deeper into something our audience actually cares about in a little bit. That's Channel Partners Virtual. Pence, our opening song from Pat Benatar, because we truly are going to hit you with our best shot at that event. (laughs) Well played, Craig. This song is definitely perfect and continues with our theme of 80s songs as we go through our 80s episodes, uh, our 81st here. And this song was released in 1980, Craig, so it seems like you might have cheated just a little bit, but it did climb the charts in 1981. Look at you, a true music historian. I always do my best work on Google. (laughs) Okay, let's get back to what you were chomping at the bit to do. I believe it's actually been three or four episodes since we technically introduced what we've been teeing up here with our theme. Not so fast, my friend. You make me wait, now I make you wait. Uh, that's fine, I guess, Kevin, but uh, the only ones you're really making wait are our loyal casties, and they're probably getting annoyed. That's true, but, I mean, isn't that like every other episode we have? Uh, <laughs> no doubt they're on pins and needles wanting to find out what we've been doing in our personal lives. <laughs> Can't argue that. Before we get into all that, we should probably let them know that we've got a couple of phenomenal interviews coming up on the show. First, we'll welcome in Olin Scott, Channel Chief at Ariaka, who's going to talk about the growing SD-WAN opportunity, his company's new partnership with 8x8, and what that all means for the channel. Right you are, Kevin. And then we have a great friend of Channel Partners and Channel Futures, the JS Group's Janet Shines. She's going to be all over CP Virtual. She'll get us and our audience pumped up for the events like no one else can. And as mentioned, we'll also take an in-depth look at some of the content for CP Virtual after a bit. Now, Craig, I think it's time that we can get into our personal deep dive. Nicely done. So what you got? You were talking about hitting the links earlier? I was, Craig, before you interrupted me. As I was saying, Maryland just recently opened up golf courses, and as such, uh, some friends of mine that we haven't been able to see each other for about four months, uh, we get together, you know, once a week, maybe every two weeks now, to play some golf. Of course, very easy to social distance there, especially for me, because I'm always hitting it four fairways over. Hey, uh, but, hey, Kevin, Kevin, you might say that's sort of par for the course for you. 
ha, 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 ha. Hilarious, Craig. So, you know, oh boy, now I'm thrown off after your terrible pun. Uh, <laughs> it's just been great to get the gang back together and see some fresh faces, if you will. So outdoors, you no doubt saw some little birdies. <laughs> You're on a roll, Craig. <laughs> so, Craig, I think you've made it clear that's enough about what I've been doing. Hey, Kevin. Why hey, yeah, your golf outing, you might say it's making me green with envy. All right, Craig. You know what? That, that That's really enough. I, I think we should just kick it over. What have you been doing lately? <laughs> uh, well, you know, my weekend uh, last weekend was uh, fairly quiet. Honestly, knowing you were going to talk about golf, I just spent most of my time coming up with those bad puns. <laughs> and if you've spent time thinking of those, this is the perfect example of why we will never emerge from this rectangle of mediocrity we're stuck in. <laughs> no doubt. Hey, speaking of the rectangle, it's time for a Coffee with Craig and Kevin news update. You know, a few months ago, we shared with our loyal casties how this podcast, yes, this one, believe it or not, was shortlisted for an Informa Award. Informa, of course, being channel partners and Channel Future's parent company. Oh, my gosh. I am so nervous right now, Craig. Do you have the results? In due time, my friend. For a little background, Kevin and I were invited to London to participate in the ceremony in March. <sighs> 2020. Yes, indeed. We were all prepared to toast the winners with a pint, but alas, that didn't happen. However, the winners in more than a dozen categories, Kevin, were just announced. Oh, Craig, I just want to thank everyone. I want to thank you... I want to thank everyone at Channel Partners, even even Digi. I want to thank Digi, Craig. This uh, is Kevin. unbelievable. Uh, Kevin, uh, I'm sorry. W what are you doing? Well, I had prepared an acceptance speech, so I was just practicing it. Are we going to have to give it in front of the entire company? Well, no. Uh, I'm afraid that we didn't win. Oh. Yeah, the winner in our category was actually the e-commerce team. Now, according to the judges, the Informa e-commerce team implemented a new, secure, and streamlined retailing program, putting customer requirements first and focusing on making the order and fulfillment process as simple as possible for them. So, apparently, they decided something that could potentially make big bucks for the company was just slightly better than what we're doing here. Well, I guess I can understand that. So, no doubt we were listed as the runner-up? or at least is highly commended, which I understand is like honorable mention, you know, third place? Well, no. Those went to some of the others who were shortlisted for the award. I'm thinking maybe there's a page missing here? Quite frankly, Craig, I'm relieved. We've set a pretty low standard here on the podcast, and an honor like that might elevate us out of the rectangle of mediocrity and into the circle of excellence. That, to me, would simply be too much pressure. Yeah. It's actually our guests who should be disappointed. They lift us up every podcast to provide excellent content. If there were two hosts worth their salt on this thing, the podcast probably would have won. Quiet, Digi. All right, Kevin. Speaking of guests, time to welcome in our first. And stick around because later, speaking of awards, we're going to discuss the just-released 2020 MSP 501 rankings. Stick around? Where am I going to go? I was talking to our casties. All right, a real pleasure to welcome into the coffee house, Olin Scott. Olin is the Senior Vice President of Worldwide Channels at Ariaka. Olin, how you doing? 
I'm fantastic, Craig. Appreciate you having me today. How are you? Doing well, hanging in there as best as we all can during this uh, pandemic. Isn't that right? Yeah. So let's start off by talking about uh, SD-WAN naturally. Uh, what is Ariaka's approach to it and what makes it different or maybe better than some of the other companies that partners and customers can choose to work with out there? Yeah, no, thank you. This is probably the, it's my favorite question, but it's the one that involves the most unpacking. Um, so I'll be as succinct and non-technical as I can, Craig. <laughs> the uh, most at, at ground level, most SD-WAN solutions, what they do is they sit at a customer edge and they make intelligent path selection based on application priority, right? And that's what they do. They pick a WAN 1 or WAN 2, uh, depending on how an app has been prioritized, whichever WAN looks better at that moment in time. And those WAN choices are typically uh, two internet connections or an internet connection and an MPLS connection. What Ariaka does that goes well beyond that is, you know, I always uh, kind of joke and say, okay, what if we phrase that not as it picks the best path, but it picks the least bad path, right? Because that doesn't, most SD-WANs, well, all they can do is just pick the better of those two, right? Well, in this ever rapidly accelerating cloud world, those two alternatives aren't, one of those two isn't always ideal because the internet is always gonna have some level of unpredictability or wild west to it in North America, that is not to the extent that it is everywhere else in the world, but it still exists, right? I mean, it is uncontrolled. It's the internet. Sure. Um, and MPLS was based to connect, was created to connect branch offices. And most applications are not served up from one of those locations, branch offices and maybe a corporate data center. And that's not how companies compute today. So in a cloud world, what you typically do is put yourself in a least optimal path, or some people use the term hairpin, right? So there is an option three, that most companies are not aware exists, which is a private cloud integrated WAN. And that's what Ariaka does. Where we differentiate is uh, we invite our customers to leverage the public internet only to the nearest uh, SD-WAN gateway or Ariaka gateway. Some people say POPs, right? And we have those POPs strategically situated all around the world. So they put us within, call it 25 milliseconds of 95% of the knowledge workers on the planet. Right. And then from that point on, it's all a private layer two network. So it's not the Wild West, nor is it MPLS, because this network is fully integrated with all of the major cloud and SaaS platforms. I won't even begin to try to name them all and all the internet connect points or the interconnect points around the globe. That's the first way that we differentiate is it's only public internet to our nearest gateway. And then it's all private layer two. The second way that we differentiate is we've got our own IP, many patents, um, our own intellectual property, which is a WAN optimization stack that we run on that network. And it goes, first of all, precious few SD-WAN providers have a WAN op stack. I think uh, Silver Peak has one, right? Um, now I guess it's HP, but, um, but theirs ends at deduplication and compression. Ariac has got our own intellectual property that does something called multi-segment uh, TCP proxy. And again, I promised I wouldn't get technical, but suffice to say, this patented intellectual property, this WANOP technology, helps us uh, get the applications to perform better in a cloud world, right? So, so you literally can't buy this anywhere else on the planet. I could attempt to unpack it more, but we'd be here for an hour and a half. Um, and so, right. but because we run this WANOP stack that only we possess, and we run it on our own private network, what customers see is somewhere between four and 10 times application performance improvement. And you just can't buy it anywhere else. The best you could do would be to buy somebody else's SD-WAN, then go procure a private network, and then go buy some WAN-op appliance like Riverbed, put them all together, 
put a managed service bow around it, and then you would be approaching what Ariaka offers. That's as succinct as I can make it, Craig. That's how we differentiate. No, that that's great, Olin. And it's been really interesting to watch the whole cloud uh, internet uh, MPLS debate uh, between the various companies offering the product. So I, I was glad you did that. Hey, let's talk about uh, this new partnership with 8x8 that we wrote about on Channel Partners Online just recently. Uh, yeah. What's that going to do for your partners and customers? Well, we love these guys. I mean, we're so excited about the 8x8 partnership. I think one of the things that it brings to our partner community, uh, let me start with the partner community because, of course, I'm a channel guy, right? What it brings to our partner community is it helps them more poignantly stress the point that I just made, which is the internet or MPLS, it's it's not always good enough. It is sometimes. I'm not here to vilify the internet. It is sometimes, right? Uh, but not always. Uh, and it's really great when even a company like 8x8, right, which because that's what they deliver. It's a cloud application. Here's a company that's, that's red hot. They've got a red hot brand. They're killing it, right? If you read their most uh, recent financial release. It's all about their success in the enterprise space. They're making a mad push into this enterprise space. And enterprise clients have a really uh, high demand for quality of service and quality of experience and getting into measuring MA scores and service availability. And so uh, in order to deliver that to their enterprise clients, 8 by 8 looked out at the market, right? And vetted all these SD-WAN suppliers and said, who can, who can deliver the best 8 by 8 That was the end game right? What can deliver the best eight by eight experience, right? And because most SD-WAN solutions only pick a best path, but don't do anything to that path or to that application, which we do, right? We have that private network, eight by eight selected Ariaka. So I think it really helps our partners to be able to say to their customers, this is why, right? This is why companies like eight by eight are partnering and selecting uh, Ariaka. So I think it helps them tell a much better story. And then it also helps them uh, quite frankly, facilitate an easier transacting process because if customers want this uh, on one set of contracts and one set of paper, they now have that available through 8x8 because 8x8 is is reselling the Ariaka service. And I think that last part is probably the benefit to customers too is it just really creates a more seamless, easier transact and vendor management process for customers because it's always nice to have uh, multiple things under one roof if you can get it that way and still maintain best of breed yeah, absolutely. And that really leads me into my next question. About a year ago, we ran a blog on the site. I can't remember who contributed it, but it was it was comparing uh, Unified Communications, uh, which of course 8x8 provides, and SD-WAN. It was making an analogy that this was like chocolate and peanut butter, which uh, always gets my attention because uh, that's one of my favorites, let me tell you. Um, but uh, why, why do those things fit so well together? Yeah, I love it. Um, it's funny because I was, many years ago, I was at a company that launched one of... Uh, one of Velo's, there's probably some rule I'm making Dave cringe that says you shouldn't name your competition, but 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 when we were launching a managed service on that back in 2016, we actually kind of did a peanut butter and chocolate better together thing. So you're singing to me, right, with that analogy. And I <laughs> and I think it's SD-WAN and, and UCAS go together bri brilliantly. I'm gonna sound like a broken record because all three of these kind of answers come back to the same thing, which is how we do it differently. But UCAS, any like mission critical app, especially applications that have sensitivity to things like latency and jitter, and UCAS certainly does. Anytime you, you have an application that is sensitive to that, a software that'll sit at the edge and pick an optimal path at any moment in time is a giant leap forward. But again, sure. it's only as good as the path selects as the paths that are available to select, right? So, so latency 
is is one thing. That's physical distance, right? Jitter is more the consistency of latency. Like, is the amount of latency ever changing? And that's what you get from something like the internet, right? So even if you pick the best path, it might not be ideal. You throw that on a private network where you have visibility, not just the first mile and the last mile, but clear through the core, you can manage Nobody can physically decrease latency, but you can manage it consistently, which lends a huge uh, application performance uh, benefit to things like unified communications and video, right? So that's where I think SD-WAN takes UCAS to a much higher level, and then you take Ariaka's flavor of SD-WAN, and it does it, or, and it does it that much more so. Does that make sense? I know, it, I know it, that was very succinct. It, it certainly does. Uh, okay. When you mentioned earlier not getting too technical, uh, I appreciate that because uh, yeah, yeah. you, know, you don't want to lose the host. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm following you so far. Good, um, good. Hey, let's talk a little bit about research. Uh, what were some of the takeaways from Ariaka's recently released State of the WAN report? And how can partners implement those into conversations with customers? This report is such a fun report. I've only just been here for 17 months and, and I was here, I was so new when the first one came out I probably didn't pay enough attention to it and, and uh, thanks for asking about it because I really urge all of our partners in the partner community to go and, and download this report and make it's full of graphs and pictures it's so consumable right and to your point there are just so many data points one uh, uh, person that I'm a big fan of and I won't do too many commercials here uh, says that it's important for partners to know a, a little about a lot right and so this yeah. report gives you Lots of easily digestible uh, snippets about what IT leaders, IT, you know, uh, security leaders are experiencing right now. And probably some of the biggest takeaways um, and, and really no surprises um, But the biggest change year over year from the 2019 to the 2020 report was that price was the number one IT leader sort of concern or pain point a year ago. This year wasn't even in the top three. It fell off the list and the number one concern became complexity. Well, huh. think about how fast, and here's what's really fascinating. This report was published before the pandemic, right? Huh. So before the mad sprint to cloud compute, already um, there's some, some statistics, some data points. 50% of our respondents, and this is very statistically relevant stuff because there were over 1,000 respondents. Half of them had at least 10 SaaS or clouds in play in their enterprises, Many of them far greater than that, but at least half had 10 or better. So this is 10 different places from which compute, right? And infra information assets are being served up by. That becomes very complex, right? That's not something you can go solve with an MPLS network. You've got to be managing multiple networks, right? Unless you pick one that integrates them all. So complexity had become respondents' number one pain point. And the second and third, of course, had to do with application performance. Um, and probably another quick, fun takeaway from that was that four of the five, and again, interesting, because this was pre-COVID-19, four of the five fastest growing or fastest adopted uh, applications by enterprises were either UCAS or cloud collaboration platforms. So it's amazing. Think about that. Four out of five of the five top ones, and this was pre-COVID-19, right? So I could go on and on about different uh, factoids that come from this, but what it basically tells is these IT leaders, they're looking for help. They're looking for networks that can seamlessly integrate. And this is important for partners to understand, right? Whether they pick somebody like Ariaka or as the trusted advisor, they go and they help cobble together solutions. Customers are saying, man, this is just too complex because my business needs drive my application consumption. 
So I don't get as much control over that as I'd like to have as an IT leader because I serve my business. And so it may not be, I mean, I have to have these different applications that come from all these different clouds and all these different SaaS providers. And I need some way to simplify how I compute with those information assets. Um, I think that's the biggest takeaway. Well, I appreciate that recap. And, and as you mentioned, I can only imagine how some of those numbers would be amplified uh, now that we're you know, deep into COVID for sure. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, people are waving the white flag. Think about that. A year ago, price was the number one factor. Now it's not even on the list. It's yeah. like, someone come and help me. Help simplify this ever complex environment. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. It is. Well, Olin, speaking of the pandemic, uh, you're a guy who's obviously been on the channel for a long time. Uh, folks listening know you from uh, other stops that you've made in the channel. What's your take on on the pandemic and, and as it's affecting business and, and maybe how Ariaka is helping its partners through it? Gosh, where to start on that one? Um, well, clearly it's, you know, it sounds... <laughs> it sounds so dramatic, right? To say it's changed everything. And I was probably not a believer 45 days into this, but it's changed everything. There's, you know, we're in conversations with, with many of our largest enterprise customers that say to some degree, to some percent, significant percents, we're just never going back to the office because we've discovered that we can operate just as effectively, right? And without going back, many will, right? Many will, but a lot won't. You figure that uh, real estate is the second largest expense line item for most businesses next to personnel, right? So it's a big deal. And so for our partner community, what has happened is UCAS and cloud collaboration platforms and VPN has become rules today, right? I mean, you don't ever want to sound like you're capitalizing on what is a terrible situation, but for 60 days, our partners could barely keep up with the demand for those kinds of things. Now what's coming behind that is the stress on network and connectivity and, okay, I've got all these applications that are now in a cloud world. I've complicated this. I'm straining the infrastructure that was there. And now they're looking for help. So honestly, what we're doing is we're just trying to create as many programs that really shrink wrap bundles because it's a lot to get your head around, even for the consultant or trusted advisor community. So we're we're creating as many shrink wrap bundles that we can that solve for this uh, VPN environments, moving bandwidth between the cloud office, the remote worker, accelerating remote worker uh, applications. Obviously, we're running free trial promos. I think everybody's doing that, right? So some of this stuff is me too, because uh, people are looking for ways to differentiate. But we're offering free trials because we know that the best way to experience much of this is simply to experience it. And uh, a quick sort of commercial, I'll give you guys the first sneak peek, is we're getting ready to launch a effectively a, a white label MSP program that takes many of our partners that have typically been VARs that move boxes and the transact that now need to move to this managed service world for their clients to let them really white label these services and take them into that space and just make it easy for them. So that's just a few weeks out from launching that program. And almost all of that is at some level a reaction to this COVID-19 and how this world has changed. Yeah, well, that sounds great. We'll be sure to follow up with you on that. Owen, thanks for your time today. I'm really looking forward to seeing what Ariaka does here uh, over the next several months and maybe up to the next year as we continue to try to get out of this. So uh, thanks for your time. And uh, despite everything going on, it's certainly an exciting time to be in technology. It really is. It really is. Thanks for having me, Craig. It's a pleasure talking to you. All right. Take care. A very well-respected man in the channel right there, Kevin. Uh, Much of our audience knows Olin from his days as channel chief at Earthlink, a brief stint at Windstream after Windstream acquired Earthlink. Olin was also a VP at XO and spent nearly 14 years in sales at Verizon, so a real industry veteran there with a ton of channel experience.
Yeah, I'm bummed that I missed out on that discussion. No doubt that debate around cloud, internet, and MPLS when it comes to the various ways to approach SD-WAN will continue for quite some time. SD-WAN, of course, will be one of the many topics on the docket for the upcoming Channel Partners Virtual. Did I mention September 8th through the 10th? Maybe only three or four times on this podcast? Anywho, the event will combine the best of the Channel Partners Conference and Expo and Channel Partners Evolution in an online format. In fact, we expect a lot of the blockbuster content we had planned for CP Expo will translate very nicely online. We've already had a great deal of interest from sponsors and virtual booth exhibitors about our virtual platform and the flexibility it will offer attendees. Of course, much more information than we can provide here is available on the Channel Partners Conference website, channelpartnersconference.com, go figure. As always, we will provide a link to that site, including how to register on the landing page of this podcast. Craig, the virtual event is definitely shaping up to be something spectacular. The combination of our two shows, the two largest shows in the channel, CP Expo and CP Evolution, under one virtual big top, will definitely be something that shouldn't be missed. Definitely still plenty of opportunities to get involved and connect with thousands of partners. Uh, Please feel free to reach out to your account executive for more details. Craig, that's enough of the quick pitch from me. Do you want to drill down a little on some of that content you were talking about earlier? Absolutely, my friend. We're going to kick things off with one of the top speakers in the channel, Tiffany Bova of Salesforce. Much of our audience also knows her from her days at Gartner. She hasn't been on our main stage in a while, so excited to bring her back for this virtual format. Then it's our much-anticipated debate on convergence in the channel. We're planning to kick off the live event in March with this, so man. Is this going to be hot now? We've asked Janet Shines to moderate. She'll talk about that a little bit more in just a moment. We'll also have Pax8's Andrew Pryfogel, TPX's Jared Martin, Datto's Rob Ray, and the Alliance's Bill Power weighing on how just far the IT and telecom channels have come. So we're looking forward to some fireworks there, my brother. You got that right, Craig. And that's just a taste of what we've got on our virtual keynote stage on day one, right? We're also going to offer some of our great concurrent education content online as well. Yes, sir. Among the topics, selling security doesn't have to be scary. And using SD-WAN to upsell. We've got about four more education sessions just that day that we're putting the finishing touches on. Do we have anything on working with Craig? Doesn't have to be scary. Uh, Yeah, we didn't have room for that in the virtual format. Sorry, buddy. Uh, One day I'll (laughs) learn. One day I'll get it. (laughs) In all seriousness, there is virtual networking time built in as well. And of course, we're going to have awards. Not any that Craig and I will win, of course. (laughs) We've been over that. (laughs) (laughs) But we will be hosting our MSP 501 Awards virtually, recognizing those MSPs that made our prestigious list this year and give out some yet-to-be-announced special awards that the elitist of the elite will take home figuratively since there will already be, you know, Craig, at home. (laughs) That's right. And that's really just a sampling of what's on tap for day one, September 8th. We'll take a closer look at days two and three of the virtual event coming up on our next podcast. Our loyal casties have probably heard enough already. No doubt they'll be busy rushing to register for this one-of-a-kind and first-of-its-kind channel event. Indeed, Kevin. But keep this podcast open and running in your browser or app while you do register because you won't want to miss our next guest. All right, Kevin, time to welcome in a great friend of the brand, CEO of the JS Group, the inimitable Janet Shines. Janet, how are you doing? Well, after that introduction, I'm doing fantastic. How are you? 
Well, doing very well. See, I just use a big word every once in a while so that people think I'm smart, which I'm really not. So <laughs> that takes care of it. Um, Janet, you're going to be such a big player in our upcoming Channel Partners virtual event, September 8th through the 10th. You're going to be all over the place. But first, I wanted to talk about the much-hyped convergence debate that you're going to be moderating. This was one that was originally scheduled to open our live show in Vegas. Uh, we, of course, all know what happened there. But we did keep it on the agenda for the virtual show, hoping to create some online fireworks, if you will. Uh, maybe tell us what people can expect to see and how you think the whole thing might play out. Well, it's an even hotter topic than it was in March. So the world has changed quite a lot, um, and I don't think we're going back to normal. So we're seeing a lot of clients really struggle with what partner is going to be the best for them. And more importantly, the industry struggle with what partner type wins. So will everything come together and your team, yes, the channel will converge or will things stay separated with multiple partners having to be involved in getting a single solution and your team know the channel won't converge. It's gonna be a hot and heated debate. We do have to do virtual push-ups if anybody curses. Uh, so we have uh, put that in place and we've got commitment from all the panelists that they'll uh, they'll keep that uh, keep that to a minimum. But hearing the original arguments and then the changes in them makes this a must attend session if you're trying to sort through what your future is in the channel as a vendor or as a partner. Yeah, we'll be watching for those push-ups, let me tell you. <laughs> Craig can only curse once in that panel because I think he's good for about one push-up. Yeah, that's what I said. I have to clean it up because uh, there's no way. So uh, not after my COVID-15, as it's known. Um. <laughs> so, Janet, of course, that has been a hot topic for a long time, convergence in the channel. My gosh, for a minute, I thought you were going to say my COVID-15 was a hot topic. And I thought, uh-oh, I really better stop eating chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm at about a COVID-45. So, uh, you know, that's that's why I try not to go on video anywhere. <laughs> So, Janet, you will also be a panelist on John Delosier's session about influencers. Of course, he was named our Channel Influencer of the Year for 2020. And as we all know, you held that honor last year. Congratulations. What's some of the advice on engaging influencers that you plan to share in that session? Well, first of all, thank you. And I'm, I'm so excited and proud of JD, um, both as a friend, but also as a client. So, you know, we've done a lot of work with them and taught them a lot of tips and tricks. So it's good to see him. Uh, put a lot of those in play. And I think the biggest um, uh, tip I'm going to give is that the world has truly changed. And so influence no longer comes from who you know, but who knows you. And so if you're not being found, if people don't see you as an influencer, uh, if you're not one of those people that you see at the top of the feed, which by the way, is just an algorithm. And uh, we're going to teach that not on the influencer panel, but in our social selling session, you can really make an impact. It's all about that story and people knowing your story and finding you. So that's going to be a rock star panel, uh, literally, because we have Rob Shanahan on it as well. So I'm um, really excited and looking forward to that conversation. Now, for the record, uh, I got a tiara uh, last year from the team when I won. Thank you. It's a prized possession. Um, and so uh, John has agreed that he will not take the tiara, so he will take a crown so that he doesn't strip me of my award from 19. So we're, we're both really comfortable and happy with that. We're trying to figure out how we put a virtual crown on him. More to follow. <laughs> Influencers collaborating. I like that. Royalty. Oh, royalty. <laughs> I like that. I love it. <laughs> 
Hey, Janet, I just want to know if Kevin could hire you because he could really use some tips, uh, life coaching, anything you got for him. All in. I'm all in. All I'll take it all. Because he'd be, he'd be one of my most talented participants. So happy to happy to help. Oh, wow. Uh, you're so nice. Uh, uh, virtual blushing right now, Janet. <laughs> hey, Janet, when our virtual audience isn't hearing from you, uh, and you alluded to this a moment ago, uh, they're going to have a chance to hear from members of your team at JS Group if they check out the education session on social selling uh, featuring a pair of millennials from your company. Uh, what's going on there? It is, first of all, you know, again, um, repeating what I said earlier, the world changed and the social selling program that we were putting on in March was very important to attendees. Now it is critical. Uh, events are closed. You can't go uh, into people's uh, companies to go on sales calls. You really need to use this in your tool belt. And so Ashlyn Silva and Vlad Kraus, who are part of the dynamic duo of our very large and growing social selling practice here at JS Group, are going to come. They're going to walk the participants through not only why social selling matters, but actually give them tips and tricks to get their scores up so that the algorithms favor them. And they have a takeaway as well for people to use at home uh, to continue that journey. So just so everyone on the uh, podcast realizes, Ashlyn and Vlad are uh, the secret sauce and their team, the secret sauce behind uh, many of the names you know and love in the channel, um, and mine included. They help me quite frequently to figure out how to get out there uh, and span that influence. So uh, Ashlyn and Vlad will be there representing the whole JS Group Social Selling team, and we're excited to not only see their presentation, but uh, see the engagement from the audiences as well. Wow, I can't wait for that, Janet. I do think social selling is an area a lot of very successful companies even are missing, let alone startups and mid-sized companies. We are growing in leaps and bounds in that area of the business. We are holding boot camps and coaching and running programs for some of the biggest brands in the industry. And the reps that are doing social selling and their companies are 76% better quota attainment than those firms that aren't. So this is real stuff um, and a real value that we would not normally give away for free, but we are giving it to the participants for free uh, at this event because we're sponsored by the awesome folks at Channel Partner and the whole CPX Expo uh, team. So I'd encourage people to get in the session early and make sure that, uh, uh, that they're there to learn. Wow, 76%. Uh, I hope our listeners are hearing that um, because I think everybody wants to make it easier to obtain and exceed their quotas. So I can't wait for that. You know, Janet, we are not done yet with your moderating and running panels here at the upcoming Channel Partners virtual event. I understand that you're going to be diving deep into another hot technology in the channel and in technology overall and that would be 5G. Can you tell us a little bit about that panel and what we can expect to see? Yes, first of all, my geek heart is uh, is throbbing for that topic because I think 5G is a game changer. You know, now that we're all remote and we've all had bandwidth issues um, and we've all tried to do uh, events from our tablets or our phones, it's you know more relevant than ever before that 5G would come on and have the kinds of products and solutions that would enable this new world that we're going to live in. Because you can't put the genie back in the bottle. We're not all going back to sit in an office. It's just not going to happen. So I think right now 
what 5G is doing for autonomous vehicles, because if you're remote now, your car can drive you and you can participate in that conference call. And, and a million other use cases is what we're gonna talk about on this panel. We're gonna ask the tough questions. I'm from the industry. So, you know, the tough questions are gonna be asked because the speeds and feeds conversation has gone on long enough. We don't need to know that. It's fast, it's really super fast. It's faster than LTE, check. We want to understand what the channel sells. How does the channel make money? What are the use cases? What should they go do first? So we're going to ask those questions and really put the carriers on the line to say, what are you doing to enable this channel that's here uh, participating at the event? First time, most of them are having that conversation. So I'm excited about their answers. And I think the partners that attend get a head start on incorporating that into their very profitable mobility practices. Well put, Janet. I think that uh, after we've all been stuck at home for months, once we get past all of COVID, 5G is almost going to seem like a, a leap from the Stone Age into the future. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it will. Again, in defense of the carriers, no one thought the whole world's enterprise traffic was going to go on consumer networks. So they've kept up pretty nicely, all things considered. And Craig, I would say that leap from the Stone Age into the future was when Janet joined this conversation, because talking to you, I mean, that was... <laughs> That was brutal. <laughs> can't, can't disagree with that. Can't the disagree love. with that at all. I love the love. The love is very <laughs> um, Hey, Janet, just uh, before we let you go, I wanted to shift gears a bit. Uh, you're part of the Allies of the Channel Council. That's a group uh, we here at Channel Partners and Channel Futures formed this past month uh, to talk a little bit about what different organizations within our market are doing to support diversity and inclusion. Uh, you were one of the first to step up, actually, and write some contributed content for our website. We posted that uh, just this week. I wondered if you'd be willing to share the story you offered in that blog, or at least maybe offer some general thoughts on diversity and inclusion in the channel as it stands today. I'm going to do both because it's such an important topic. I think it, it's to every one of us. I have a saying, um, and in fact, the great folks at Channel Partners quoted me on it when I won my 2019 Influencer of the Year. And my saying is, is if it's too big, it's up to me. And I feel that way about diversity and inclusion. I feel that I and all of us need to take a personal responsibility to help those diverse candidates, diverse partners, diverse vendors, diverse people trying to join the industry or just our friends to have a voice and to be that voice for them and to not be complicit in anyone ever uh, being treated differently because of race or religion or, or any other thing. I, I just think it's it's a it's a horrific thing and we're living through it now. And if all of us speak up, there are millions and millions of us and we can silence those hundreds or thousands of voices that don't agree with us. But when we don't silence them, we give them wings. And so I've chosen and with the support of channel partners and the allies of the channel to speak up. And one of the first things I wanted to talk about was my friend uh, and colleague, Will Harris, who has been speaking and in this industry for decades, is a rock star, is one of the best keynoters, one of the best business people, one of the best marketers in the world. And yet people still say, oh, I guess he's on the agenda because he's black. No, he's not. He's on the agenda because he's good. And I think when we hear things like that, we have to speak up and we have to challenge people. And I did that this past week to someone who said that, who I think is a bright person, but they just threw something out that, you know, showed their, you know, unconscious, which became conscious bias at that moment. And we had a long heated discussion respectfully, which by the way, would be a top tip here. You have to have these discussions, not in anger, but in the, the mode of moving forward. And we had the discussion of whether or not he asked that question of anybody else on the panel. 
So was I on the panel because I was a, a woman? Was, uh, was somebody else on the panel because they were a man? Was somebody else on the panel because they lived in Chicago? Like, how do you think we're making these decisions? This is one of the most competitive shows in the industry to get a keynote slot on. You have to be not just the best. You have to be the best of the best of the best to be at this, my favorite event of the year. It is competitive to make it on that stage. And so to think that anybody got on that stage because of some, you know, ridiculous criteria other than their expertise is short-sighted. Now, look, do we have a drive to try to have diverse people on the stage? Of course we do. Diverse teams perform better. Diversity is good for your business. Diversity is good for the world. So of course we're going to drive to try to find experts to put on stage that represent the very people that sit in the audience. That just makes sense. But, you know, to have this racism run rampant isn't acceptable. Our channel is better than that. And when you have that tough conversation, you realize that the majority of the channel feels exactly that same way. And that by calling out that behavior in a respectful manner, you can have the dialogue with someone and reeducate them and they become the biggest supporter. And so I spoke up. Whether it's popular or not doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is it's the right thing to do. And people like Will are an honor to know. And shouldn't they be an honor for all of us to know? I think they should. Wow, Janet, that was beautifully stated. Can you give me that quote you used at the beginning again? Just one more time for everybody to hear it. Yes, if it's to be, it's up to me. That's right. I'm, I'm writing that one down. Uh, one I also like is, I believe it's from Gandhi, is be the change you want to see in the world. And, and I, I like what you said, speak up, step up. I think we all have to do that and, again, do it respectfully. So just very well said, and, and thank you for speaking up on this topic here. Thank you for enabling that platform and for joining the channel in this uh, battle that is so necessary to make sure our channel thrives and survives long into the future with a, a full community of, of every person that we can possibly get into the channel because this is what that channel is about. And that's how we grow and improve. Totally agree. Well, Janet, as always, thank you for making Craig and I seem much more intelligent by association than we typically are and, and for joining us here today and putting up with our shenanigans. My honor always to talk to you guys. We look forward to seeing you virtually in just a few weeks. Thanks yeah, for your time, right. Janet. Appreciate it. Thank you. Craig, always such a pleasure to talk to Janet. Is there anyone more passionate about the channel than Janet Shines? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, she's definitely in the running for most passionate. And I have to say, I really, really appreciated what she had to say on diversity as well. Uh, very well done, Janet. Couldn't agree more, Kevin. Uh, we're going to have to give her an honorary channel partner's title. We've got her so embedded in this event. But uh, what a truly great ambassador she is for us, certainly. That's for sure. Hey, Craig, you said we were going to talk a little about the MSP501 that we just released? Yes, sir. You will recall this is the biggest, best, and most comprehensive list of managed service providers in the entire world. The origins of this list date back to the days of the old MSP Mentor, which we, of course, folded into the Channel Futures brand a couple of years ago. A big congratulations to the 501 companies that made the list. Congrats for sure, Craig, but did we make it? Make what? You know, the list. What? It's a list of MSPs, not podcasts. Well, I manage to put up with your shenanigans. That ought to qualify me. You know, it's really amazing you don't have your own comedy show. Anyway, Greg, a big congrats to Insight Enterprises, which came in at number one on the list. They're right in your backyard there in the Phoenix area, I do believe. 
Indeed they are. Tempe, Arizona, and another big name that our audience will be familiar with, TPX Communications, came in second for the second straight year. And Craig, I understand the way MSPs were measured for this list was a little different this year. Is there a little controversy? Because we at Channel Partners and Channel Futures are never afraid to ruffle any feathers. Says the man who tells our guests he had nothing to do with any controversial questions we might ask. Craig is going to make me play devil's advocate here. This isn't on me, Robert. So, uh, <laughs> That's quite yeah. all right. But yes, Kevin, in order to make the prestigious list this year, at least 20% of your revenue in 2019 had to be recurring. So that meant that a few of the giant VARs that also offer managed services but didn't meet that threshold and a couple of other new measures were actually left off the list this year. And some companies that might have placed very high last year slipped down the list. And conversely, those that were lower on the list uh, made a big jump. And that's okay. It's great to recognize more companies and put a real emphasis on the managed services. I mean, it's called the MSP 501. You are very astute, my friend. Meantime, we also unveiled an MSP 501 adjacent list, the brand new SMB Hot 101. Wow, I listened to that on my way to work today, Craig. Okay. Uh, first of all, that's not a radio station. A second, you work from home, and you did so even before the pandemic. That is 100% true. I really should work on keeping my inner monologue inner. All right. So where was I? Oh, the SMB Hot 101. Hot. We wanted our SMB community to get some recognition. Many of these companies are just figuring out how to start and grow their MSP businesses. The SMB Hot 101 does just that. You've been reading up on the SMB Hot 101. <sighs> and why don't you tell them about the other new list that's coming this fall, Kevin? That's the Next Gen 101. This will recognize diversified partners with growing MSP practices, but their annual recurring revenue falls short of 20% of their total revenue. That's where you'll see some of the big boys bounce back and land at or near the top. We've generated a ton of excitement and feedback from the release of this list just a few days ago. Throughout the rest of the summer, we'll break it down by region, company size, and more on the Channel Futures website. Of course, we'll provide links to these lists and everything else of interest you heard today on the landing page for this podcast. And to celebrate how we feel about the MSP 501, CP Virtual, and more, another 1981 classic takes us out. Meantime, if you'd like to check out the archive of Coffee with Craig and Kevin, just go to SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts, type Channel Partners Online into the search bar. Of course, you can always find us on the flagship channelpartnersonline.com. Thanks so much for joining us, everybody. We'll catch you again next time. We'll catch you on the flip side, Channel. Believe it or not, I'm walking on it.